When we do our album reviews or have different conversations surrounding albums, one thing that always comes up is the actual length of a record. And sometimes when, at first glance, when you're going through the track list, you might see 25 songs, 30 songs, and it might be intimidating at first glance. And that's why for today's episode, we wanted to bring in different amazing albums that actually run 30 minutes or less in length. And I think that's super interesting just because so many of us have the attention spans of fucking fruit flies, of goldfishes. So it's going to be cool to actually give people some projects that they could digest at a faster rate. I mean, it's cool, but I do suggest you guys go on and actually listen to longer album experiences. I mean, you know, this is going to be cool because we're going to bring in some projects that run underneath that 30-minute mark. And It's even for the convenience, though. Is, like, even is. for a car ride, bro, like something like a Daytona by Pusha T, that shit's like 21 okay, minutes, you know? For, for today's rules, I don't want to bring in any Wyoming run stuff. Like that's I, I have one Wyoming run album. Is it Nazir? It's not Nazir, no. Okay, all right. So listen, Lou brought in one, but I wanted to bring in some projects outside of that because I feel like that's what kind of catapulted that seven-song short album sort of phase where Kanye was releasing project after project, either if it was a Daytona or a Kitsy Ghost or a Yay. He was that, onto something with that formula. He, he was, bro. he was, because it was so concise, right? So we were talking about this earlier, and we were talking about you know what goes into a great short album, right? There's so many different things. One of them is the no-skip policy. If you have, like, seven to eight songs on an album well there shouldn't be any misses on there or else it takes away from the experience another thing is you know you don't want to rush everything within the album because seven songs is not a lot of runtime especially under 30 minutes so for the artist you have to be able to execute your vision within that short runtime which i find extremely interesting but for today's episode i brought in three different albums and one ep lou how many did you bring in i brought in like five or six we'll see how many we oh, end okay up so yeah you're, you're going you're going ham today yeah, you're bringing I'm, I'm, in some I'm, shit i'm rolling in deep bro for sure um, but before we actually get started with this episode, if you guys are enjoying this audio experience, make sure to leave us a review. It helps us out so much and give us five stars if you guys wouldn't mind. And um, yeah, if you guys use both Apple and Spotify, um, choose whichever platform that you like. We, are, we offer this audio podcast everywhere that you can access it. But let's get started with the first recommendation. What do you have for us? All right, so let's play a little game, all right? So I kind of numbered my projects. So I have project one, project two, project three, and then the EP. Let's start off with Project 3. Let's see project what that three? has in store for us. I brought in Earth Gang's tour, but bro. I brought in the seven-day project. Bro, this is running under 30 minutes long, and um, I love this project. And we were talking about this in North Carolina while we were in the whole Dreamville atmosphere, and um, incredible experience, by the way. Shout out to David Peters for taking care of us. But I was bumping this project on the way there because, you know, you're in the plane, you want to get through a project, but maybe you don't want to sit down through too much of a long album, and this was something that I wanted to bring in rotation. So... If you guys are not familiar with Earth Gang's Torba, it is a seven-song mixtape um, that runs through the entire week. And basically, Torba is named after the Oromo, uh, I believe, language. And it's the oldest language according to... Hold on a second. I have to read this over the description, okay? So Torba mixtape is named after the number in Oromo, one of the oldest ethnic groups inhabiting Ethiopia. It wow. involves... Compla Excuse me. It in I always have trouble reading on the podcast. It involves completion. Therefore, the mixtape will represent the seven days in a week. And you could see that within the entire sequencing of the album. Starts off at Monday featuring Mac Miller. Then you go on to Tuesday with Jordan Bryant. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the mixtape ends off with Sunday with GID, which is more of a mellowed out sort of, I would say, melancholic 
experience yeah. for the rest of the project. It's interesting so. the way they formed that project, just because like Sunday is technically the first day of the week, even though like we all view it, I feel like as the last day of the week. And even going to a song like Monday, um, you know, you have Olu starts off like rapping like it's Friday morning. Like it's interesting because they're playing around with those days, even though they might be titled one of the different days of the week. So very interesting concept for that project. And to me, it still might be my favorite Earth Gang project up to this point. But that's kind of how I feel about a lot of their EPs and mixtapes is that they're fucking fire. And I actually brought in one of my uh, favorite Earth Gang EPs for later in the episode. But um, let me move on to my next recommendation. And this one is actually KTSC by Tiana Taylor talking about that Wyoming run. Oh, interesting. And the cool, reason why cool, I wanted cool. to bring this one in is because I've literally never spoken about it on the podcast. We've spoken about Nazir and how I feel like it's maybe Nas's most underrated album. I've spoken about Pusha T's Daytona, which to me is probably the definition of a perfect um, album that ranks under 30 minutes. But Tiana Taylor's KTSC is interesting just because... Um, Obviously, it was part of the Wyoming run. It was the last one to be released in sequence. Um, 22 minutes, eight songs. And um, what's interesting about this one is that it's a full-out R&B album, but it kind of has this pattern of having these soul samples introduced within each and every single track on here. And there's amazing songs on here, like No Manners, which has like the sad-sounding piano ballad playing through it. But what I love the most about this project is the fact that Tiana is great at kind of jumping from one mood to another. So that, for example, No Manners is more of a of a sadder, sappier type of song. And then you move on to the second track, Gonna Love Me, and that has a more upbeat and happy tone to it. Um, and I just love the way Tiana uses her voice in the rawest form imaginable. Um, that was really a highlight was just to see um, her give us her authentic self as a vocalist. Is this the most underrated project out of that whole Wyoming room? Probably Nazir, because Nazir gets a lot of hate. I feel like maybe KTSC is the least spoken about album out of the run, but Nazir's probably the most underrated. Mm -hmm. um, there's a song on here that's amazing called uh, Issue Slash Hold On, which is one of the realest love songs I've heard in a while, and the content is really just about her having to actually fight with her partner to keep the relationship alive. So it's cool to see the different paths and the different mentality that she carries um, to describe this tumultuous relationship with her lover. So really refreshing in terms of creating great love music. And apart from that, I would say if you're a big fan of SZA, this would be a great album to get into and maybe get into Tiana's music as a whole. Well, a lot of people on Twitter, I remember when, you know, the whole conversations about the Wyoming run were going down was that this is probably like one of the best projects that came out of that entire run. And it was so different because you had KSG, Ye and Daytona kind of be like, the forefront of that and it was kind of like overshadowing everything else like you were seeing Nazir kind of got overhated for reasons that I don't know about I mean the production mm -hmm. was incredible on it Nas's rapping was up to par with everything else he was doing I think it was just sort of like nitpicks and complaints but how do you feel like an artist needs to like sort of show up on a short album right because when you get into this type of conversation people want value out of it so like what were some check marks that you were going through while going through this whole process of bringing in some short albums it's just the check marks that make a good album, right? Like solid production. You have great orchestral strings um, on a song like Rose in Harlem, which has like a My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy kind of vibe. Um, that great vocal performances and, um, you know, just the artist revealing something about themselves that they maybe haven't revealed before. And that's what I got out of KTSE. And I think she also dropped like a full length studio album in 2020 that I have to check out still. So this is a big highlight for me. But what do you got next? What do I got next? All right. So we have projects one and two left. And then we have my EP. Let's do number two. Number two. I got 56 Nights by Future 2015 release. Mega banger of an album. 
mega banger of an album. This is probably his most underrated project. If I had to do a future discography ranking, top three. This is going definitely top three. Yeah. Like there's no doubt about it. And what's cool about this project is that there's no features all throughout it. It runs underneath 30 minutes. And if you want banger for banger, this is the project you have to go through. So listen, let me take you through this. One free at last, two never going to lose, three purple coming in, diamonds from Africa, now no Comprende, and then after Isn't that- never going to lose the intro? No, unless I have the different ordering on Genius. Yeah. Let me pull up my phone, actually. I, I feel like never going to lose. I remember that being the intro and being one of like the hardest smackers to start an album off Wait, hold with. on. Let me just see, okay? Because I may have a different version on my Apple. There we go. Okay, never going to lose, purple coming in. Um, then after that, diamonds from Africa. Now, no compendry. Um, 56 Nights and March Madness to end off the project. Yeah, so, literally have Future's best song ever on this fucking <laughs> mixtape. Not only that, but I do feel like, example, let's say you're in a workout setting or you guys are doing live training. Like when I was training last year, like this was definitely a big project for me because you wanted something that's going to get you hyped, but you may not want to go through a playlist vibe. You want to have something concise and a good feeling. And this is a this is a dark project, bro. Mm -hmm. This is a really dark project. If you want to go on to something like Never Gonna Lose, it's triumphant. It's in your face. You're starting off the album on immaculate energy. And it's not like Future takes any dips, let's say, in tone or let's say in energy throughout this project. It is literally high performance after high performance. Yeah, like you're, you're not going to get any solos on this. You no, know what I mean? no, 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 like, no. It's like, straight up like... What it's so like, what it's like, kind of set out to be as from the intro is what he carries it out to be as for the whole project. And even at that, like ending off a project with March Madness, that's incredible. Like, statement. just like it's a huge statement. Then he actually released this project in March of 2015. And what I like about this project is that it's Loki underrated. Like people Loki know this project for March Madness, and it's like, oh, okay, all right. Like I'm gonna go listen to DS2, or I'm gonna go listen to What a Time to Be Alive from 2015. No, spend time on this project because I feel like it's one of Future's most body of work especially having that seven song format and it just puts you in a different type of vibe even something like diamonds from africa bro like he's coming through almost shouting bro with that raw future voice and when you're hearing that like you're charged up bro there's nothing stopping you like you could run 50 miles to this album and you would still feel okay to keep going and as you said march madness is arguably his best ever song so to get all of this value out of a seven song mixtape is absolutely incredible and as i said i think it's his most underrated project. Yeah, Southside did an amazing job with the production too throughout. And yeah, it's just one of those projects that just keeps building momentum as you go through it. And like, it's just, he never loses gas, bro. He never does. But, but I mean, that's future though. Like you'll never see him put out a weak performance, yeah, especially with the, for a project. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm you, talking you, about you, for that 2015. track list, bro. Come on now. You interrupted me before I had to finish my sentence. I meant for that 2015 run. Like, I feel like that was peak, like future form where he was delivering project after project. And this is quality all the way through. You guys are going to enjoy it. But you want to do a little top three for this project? Top three. Do? Yeah. I mean, March Madness is number one. Okay, that's to me, it, it might be just future's best song. Um, number two is going to be Never Gonna Lose. And, and number three, Diamonds from Africa. I think I have the same order. I would even put in No Compadre in this No Compadre, well. yeah. No Compadre. Sorry, I don't know why I pronounced it that way. But Purple coming in. The whole tape, guys. Like, yeah, you can't go Don't half-ass this. this, guys. Go from beginning to end. Like you should with all these projects. I think that's something that we did good about bringing in these select albums is the fact that most of them, if not all of them, kind of follow that no-skip policy. I mean, KTSE... The project I mentioned before has one song called Hurry, where, you know, you have a mid-yay verse, I'm not going to lie, and Tiana just moaning throughout it. So that one's maybe the one miss out of those eight so songs. So out of all the projects we brought today, you think that's going to be your one miss out of everything? I think so. 
Sheesh. We have no skip policy for this episode. <laughs> you had to come correct with this. No, I'm fucking with you. Yeah. All right. We, um, we keep going with this. Let's what keep do you got? on going. Next up, I have the plugs I met by Benny the Butcher. Oh, I wanted to bring this in, but I figured you were probably going to bring this yeah, in. Yeah, this is one of my favorite coke rap albums of all time. And um, I think that in terms of, look, just the projects that I've had the pleasure of seeing be released throughout my lifetime for that gangster rap slash coke rap sound, this has been one of my favorites to live with. Came out in 2019. Um, it is seven songs, and I, th- I believe it's 21 minutes. I want to give you guys it is exact... 20, yeah, I think it is 21 minutes. I was checking it out before the episode this yeah, morning. So, yeah, 24 minutes, seven songs. Okay. Um, near Flawless Project. And funny story, for everyone that like watches the podcast, you guys know that there is a vinyl of the plugs I met behind me, and there's a shot of Tony Montana and Sosa, and that keeps busting balls to fucking take it down. It's been too long, because we Bro. have a rotation of vinyls that we like to put up, and like this has literally been up since the beginning so, so you literally it's kind, have kind of a change of scenery you at have an iconic shot from one of the most iconic movies of all time like that's why it needs to stay it's the only album cover that has that duality of being iconic for film and for fucking hip-hop like that's true we got to keep it up but um, nonetheless super cinematic album and it actually starts off with a really interesting skit that just draws you in and I want to ask you if like what you interpret the skit as, okay? So um, it starts off with a guy saying how there's an old story about how natives would actually put a blood-soaked um, blade into ice, and a wolf would come and lick the blade. The wolf would actually cut his tongue and keep licking the blade until he would bleed out to death. So the question that's being asked is, do you blame the wolf for trying to eat, or do you blame the person for putting the blade on the ice? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think it also signifies like man's greed, low key. It, it is a metaphor, you know. Like it definitely kind of signif- like signifies like man's greed and how he won't stop when he tastes blood, and then it'll probably be his own demise at the end of the day. I think that's probably the metaphor behind it, right? I think the metaphor behind it is um, the actual wolf that is licking the blade represents drug dealers, and the actual people that put the blade on the ice is the authorities, is the government officials oh, who that's cool. are kind of maybe infiltrating the streets with crack or whatever it is. Like, they're kind of making it accessible to them, but who do you blame in that kind of a scenario? So I thought that was an interesting way to start off the album, but this is just amazing song after amazing song. You start off with Crown for Kings, which is one of, which one, one of Benny's best songs, without a doubt. Amazing production from DJ Shea, who samples Al Green. Um, and you have... Probably the most underrated verse, feature verse of all time with Black Thought on there, who was absolutely killing it from the rhyme scheme to the flows. It's unparalleled. At a certain point, I was considering putting this over Tana Talk 3 and some of my Griselda rankings. Oh, bro. Like, okay, this is probably um, what solidified, like, my investment into, like, Benny the Butcher's career. Because he released Tana Talk 3 in 2017. I'm 18. not sure. Uh, 2018, my bad. And then after that, he follows it up a year later with the plugs I met. And I remember I had just started video game school when this album had dropped. And I remember the class I was in. I was in an art class. Like, we had to do drawing and sketches. And it's a pretty fun class my teacher was super chill and we were able to put headphones on like while you were going deep into your drawings and this was one of the albums i was bumping at first glance and i was like oh shit like this is 
different. Like, this is really cool because it brings you back to, like, that 90s coke rap era, but with this beautiful modern twist. But it's not completely coke rap. It is, but it goes much deeper than that because the rhyme schemes, um, everything that goes into the project from the storytelling and the concept of the album, the conciseness of it, I do feel like it does serve more than just a quote-unquote oh, yeah. crack album. You're kind of you know? going on a journey with Benny, and he's setting up amazing imagery. And what I love is, like, the fact that he is proud of, like, his hustler ambition. He's proud of what he's accomplished in the streets, but he's also super open about, like, what he's had to sacrifice, what he's had to lose. Um, and you get that on songs like Sunday School, where he's rapping about, like, having to spend his daughter's first birthday locked in a cell. Like, he's really showing you the pros and the cons of the lifestyle, um, but in amazing cold-blooded fashion with nightmarish beats, you feel the paranoia, you feel the eeriness of the production from Derringer and The Alchemist. And um, yeah, if, you're, if you are a fan of kind of being introduced to a new lifestyle and really kind of understanding what someone's life was like at a certain period in their lives look no further than the plugs i met yeah it's a good storytelling album for the amount of time that you have with it that's what's cool about the project is that there's so much you know value in the writing and and the experience itself but in just such a short amount of time like, what's what's cool too is that it's called the plugs i met and he's introducing you to the plugs i met via the features because you have yeah. people like jada kiss on here you have people like conway the machine you have Pusha T. you have people that are known for that plug talk you know what i mean absolutely so it just fit into the theme really well but um what are we at for yours we're at number one. Well, we did uh, number three. We did number two. We have number one and we have the EP left. What do you want to go Let's do with? number one, bro. You want to do number Let's one? See the EP for the end. All right. So listen, I brought in another Coke rapper, and this is going to be Currency Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist. I knew with you were Freddy. bringing this in. That's why I didn't. Yeah, no, yeah. you have to bring this into conversation. And you know what's cool about this album is that people don't really talk about it as much as something like a bandana or a piñata or an alfredo like when people talk about the madlib or the alchemist duality with freddie gibbs it's usually those projects that are talked about but this is easily one of the best projects of 2018 only runs under 30 minutes and has nine songs as a whole and you're finding some of freddie gibbs's best ever performances throughout this project whether it be willie lloyd or even something like location remote and what i find cool about the project is that there is this sort of hazy and psychedelic effect to the project that kind of plays into Currency's aesthetic. And it's like, okay, how is Freddie Gibbs going to get on that? Because you go into something like a bandana or a piñata and it's a lot more aggressive. It's high voltage energy all the way throughout. Whereas if with this, it's a bit darker, let's say, on songs like a Willie Lloyd or let's say No Window Tints where you're also getting these sort of luxurious apple flips. And that's what I like is that Freddie's sort of cold-hearted and menacing flow that's always quick and response and that's kind of violent like mixes perfectly with Currency's meditative and hazy and smoky delivery and throughout the whole project they have this beautiful chemistry that goes throughout it and there's no one else better to pair Freddie Gibbs with, with like other than Currency yeah because- but like if you would have told me that before the album came out I don't remember how much time we had leading into the album after the announcement but it didn't sound like an amazing pairing at first glance. Oh, to me. I knew it was gonna be. I but, knew it was gonna be because the thing is, is that when you have the alchemist there, he's the solidifier. He's gonna make mm-hmm. sure that everything glues together and meshes well together, and that's why I feel like he found a perfect soundscape and production style for both of them to be able to go through. Because example for Freddie Gibbs, I think that this was actually his full, for, like his first full-fledged project with um, the alchemist, which is interesting because then you start getting other projects like an Alfredo and so on and so forth but with currency it's like 
it's this extra sort of moi that's added to the project where it brings in that psychedelic experience that plays in beautifully with the sample flips and like that plays in really nice with this luxurious soundscape that's going on and then take freddie and just put him on something like a willie lloyd and then after that it's over like, yeah you're getting those types of tracks as well so that's what i like about it is that everyone had their part to play in this very short but concise ep and that's why well it just went perfectly well it's why it was interesting it's just that like you know before this project currency and al had more of a past together they had more history together so i feel like freddie kind of had to play that role of being the adapter he had to be the one to come in there and like you said match more of that production that catered towards currency and um yeah it was just it was a good counter you know effect where you had two vocalists that sound very different and then when placed together you're getting the harsher deeper voice of freddie and then you're getting the breezier, kind of more mellow feeling of a currency, which just made for a fucking perfect marriage. So um, definitely an amazing project, one of Alchemist's best. But, I mean, at this point, anything he touches turns to fucking gold. That's like, very He true. could probably make an album with Lil Xan and have it be an album of the year contender. But um, let me move on to my next project, and this is actually an Earth Gang EP, my favorite EP from Earth Gang, and it's actually Rags, which came out in 2017. It's five songs, runs 23 minutes. And what's interesting about... Earth Gang's EP run is that they released two in 2017. You had Rags and Robots. Then in 2018, you had Royalty. And what's fun about what they had envisioned for the actual paths of these EPs is that each one is actually supposed to be viewed as a train stop on the way to Muirland. So all of these were kind of precursors to get you ready yeah. for the main experience that was Miraland, which was their debut studio album in 2019. And I think that what makes this project so interesting to me is actually the history behind it because they put this out a couple of months after getting signed to Dreamville. And what's interesting about that is the fact that um, you hear it in their writing, you hear it in the energy that they're emitting that... This is music that they made now knowing that they're in the limelight, now knowing that their lives are moving a bit quicker and they have to adapt to a new lifestyle. And um, there's amazing tracks in here. You're, you're starting off with Meditate with Jid, which is the best collaboration between Earth Gang and Jid. Um, the writing Even better is than super the Division, deep. you think? Better than The Vision, without a I doubt. I think it's on the same part. No, like, I, no, no, no but better. Meditate is fantastic. The though. frantic and just well-timed flow switches, the eerie production, the vocal sample that sucks you in. Everything is flawless executed and even just the political and race related issues that they tackle within that song one of their deepest cuts without a doubt and you also have other tracks on here that i feel like no one talks about like you get a spacey trap beat for the song red light which is a highlight where olu is taking you through his childhood and how he had to steal just to put food on the table and this was a song that i was bumping on the regular when i was actually making my way to college on the subway train this was a song that i would put in and just because of like how quick the bpm was and how fast paced the energy felt like on red light it felt like i was going through like fucking five stops in the span of like 15 minutes yeah that's what it made the time fly you by you know what i have know? a similar experience with Earth gang i'm not gonna lie to you like when i was going through shallow graves and even uh strays of rabies a lot of that listening ship started when i was going to college like i really dove into their catalog around that 2018 2019 mark Same. so when you start getting into stuff like rags or a tour but it's so interesting because i feel like stylistically each of them are different in approach and kind of highlights different things from their skill sets and even the types of features like you were saying like jid on meditate like that song is fucking goaded it's an incredible track and what i like about that project too is that you have only those five songs but it might be their best put together project 
project to a certain extent. I don't know if that's kind of harsh to say because they do have Shallow Graves and a Mirror Land and other projects like Ghetto Gods. But I really do enjoy Rags because it was also an anthem for me when I was younger. You know, like you were saying, just starting off in college, going through that subway system. You want something short and concise. You know, you stop. Where, where was uh, where was the Dawson? Uh, Atwater. At, Atwater. At yes. Water I, I, had to get station, on, yeah. I had to get on the Green Line. I had to get off at Atwater as well to walk to La Salle. But yeah, it's interesting, man. I really appreciate them for the music they were putting out because it was the soundtrack to my life when I was younger. Absolutely. You know? And it's cool that we kind of got into the music like right before that debut album, right before they really started to pop off and make waves. But um, yeah, another underrated cut off of Rags has to be House with Mick Jenkins. I don't know if you remember this one, but this is maybe like the feature of Mick Jenkins' career, bro. Like, really? Amazing. Even better than like, what am I to do, let's say, with uh, Kate Trinata. Is that a technically a feature? I think it's Kate more Tr of a collab. I think it's more of oh, like, okay, they okay. shared like, the main credits. But um, this song's amazing. You have this funky bass line that plays throughout it. And you have Mick Jenkins giving you different emotional tones without it. And he also kind of gives you the story about how like, he was at a Gucci store and like he was kind of getting profiled. Like you had a worker there telling him like, I guess you're just browsing. And like he's kind of telling you like, no bitch, I'm purchasing. So you have some <laughs> comedy in there as well. And you know what? I can kind of relate to that a little bit, bro. Because when I went, not not in terms of the profiling part, but more in the part of like kind of getting attitude from, from a Gucci store worker or workers, you could say, is because when we were 17, we had a trip to California and we went to Rodeo Drive, walking to the Gucci store. And I guess maybe we weren't, you know, we weren't dripped out in fucking designer shit. And we also looked like a bunch of kids walking into a Gucci store. We got like no service, bro. Like the Gucci store workers were like just standing around waiting to serve people. None of them even like said hi to us, bro. Like they didn't even greet us on our way in. Yeah, but just imagine being in that wild. scenario though. Like you're working at Gucci and you must have so many people walking into that store and just looking around and fucking around and wasting time you know but i know but you gotta agree your customers bro what like you you're in the service industry i didn't buy anything nick ended up i think buying a pair of slippers um, and the gucci wallet no as well i don't remember if he if he bought a wallet too um but yeah we ended up uh, making our whole bus delayed by an hour because we stayed there too long classic story um but yeah mick jenkins's feature on that cut is amazing the whole ep is great and it's cool to see how they felt and what their lives were like when they were just entering this new stage of brotherhood and you know of, be, of being part of this new collective so this is something you guys should should check out if you uh if you're already hip to other earth gang projects but yeah you know what's cool about mcjenkins too is that you guys could actually go through circus that's just kind of something that i thought you know i thought about on the top of my head i was considering bringing it in today but i want to bring in some other stuff but yeah i think circus does run underneath the 30 minutes as well and i think it's only seven tracks and yeah some of his biggest songs and they're like something like a carefree so Feel free to go through that if you have not already. But where are we at, man? What do we want to go with next? Um, well, you have one to go with your EP, and I have a few more after that. So talk to me about this EP, bro. All right. So listen, I wanted to bring Nate Huster into the conversation. Okay. Because this so Montreal is, love? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Because when I was younger, talking about that Dawson and LaSalle run that we were on back then, what a time, bro. I, I always think back to that time and be like, wow, like I would not imagine, you know, what life would be like at the moment. It's actually crazy. And one project that I was really bumping back then on my way to school and what i would do is, is as soon as i get off on atwater i would have to walk up the escalator and then after that like you guys would have the entrance for dawson on the right and i would have to go by the left side mm. and walk through what mall is that again what mall's on the left uh, uh it's on no the top idea. of my anyways yeah but you guys probably know it for sure if you're from montreal um anyways so 23 plus minus single is absolutely incredible all the way through like 
this is three songs only, and every single song serves a different purpose. So you have Godspeed, How You Feel, and Tunnel Vision. So Godspeed is more of like Nate Husser's come-up story and talking about, you know, him starving and him wanting to provide for his mother and has more of like a mellowed out tone, but throughout the song, you're going to see that, especially towards the end, he has these high-voltage sort of high-energy flows that he comes with. Then on something like How You Feel, it's a lot more aggressive. It's a lot more fast-paced. He's a lot more in your face. And then on something like tunnel vision it's a bit more laid back as a performance and it brings something else and what i would do is every single time i'd get off the train the walk from atwater all the way to lasalle would be the length of the ep and i'd be like oh shit okay let me just run this up as soon as i get off the metro and every single morning every morning that i would go to lasalle my grandfather would drop me off um at Radisson, I would do all the way to hot water. This is what I would play after. So I was thinking, you know, why not bring it in and shout you, it out? You see what I'm telling you, bro? It's all about fucking convenience, bro. Like that, That's what's kind of that novelty factor about these short albums, the fact that you can get that done in a walk like you just described. There's something like Pusha T's Daytona, which I always fucking talk about and I'm going to keep talking about for as long as I'm podcasting. Um, that was my go-to album when we first got, you know, to the studio, that would be like the whole drive to the studio is I would finish Daytona in one listen. And that was something I always had a hard time with. It's like, it's fun to have a playlist or it's fun to like go through half an album. But if I can really digest a full experience the way it's intended to in a condensed amount of time, then I'll be happy with that. So Yeah, and that's why I wanted to bring this in is because shout out Nate Huster. Like this EP Loki inspired me a lot. And mm. just the writing alone, like I was such at an early time in my career. And like it was when we first started the podcast, right? Like we just started like like diving in around that 2019 point, right? Where we just started the audio only. Mm -hmm. And um, what Nate Husser was saying was extremely inspirational to me because he was from Montreal. You know, he didn't really have an idea of like what we were doing or whatever. We were just still in our trial phases. And you have Nate Husser literally talking to you about the come up and everything, but doing it in such a, a short and condensed amount of time. So that's why that EP does hold a very close place to my heart. And Shout out to Nate Husser, man. He makes fantastic music. You think he's, he's like the, the hometown to... hero for you in terms of hip-hop? He's my favorite rapper to ever come out of Montreal, I think. If I had to mm. give it to someone, I think it would be Nate Husser. Yeah, he's like, definitely one Because of the, the best. thing with Nate Husser is that you can't tell what market he's from, low-key. Like, there's no... There's no way to like pinpoint what Nate Husser does to a certain extent. And now he's getting a lot more looks. I believe he just signed with Empire, if I'm not mistaken. Did he? I think so, yeah. I, I believe so. So, I mean, you do have like so much value behind Nate that you could go through. And there's other projects if you guys want to do that. Go to his Spotify page. Uh, please stream it if you have not already. But this is something that I wanted to bring. Nice low-key uh, release. I like that. Um, let me go on to something that... Um, is probably the most experimental project that we have throughout this whole list. And it's actually Whack World by Tierra Whack. And I actually got into this just like in the last two weeks. 15 songs, 15 minutes. How? So this is the concept of the project is that it's actually an audiovisual album. And you can listen to, listen and watch the whole project on YouTube. It's a 15 minute long music video. And the concept of this album was to exactly make each and every single song one minute long i think the idea of what tiara was going for was to have every song feel like a sampler oh so it's like she's giving you a taste of a, of a particular sound and sort of the genre that it falls into obviously is hip-hop you also have some pop rap you have alternative r&b you have this mix of genres and it's kind of cool because some people might interpret this as like 
well, she's giving us a bunch of incomplete thoughts and ideas. But the way that I view it is that it's like she's giving us teasers, but she's kind of getting a message across within one minute tracks. And I find that super impressive is that she's able to tell a story within just one minute and various stories at that within this 15 um, track project. And what's cool is that um, she's super confident. She's brimming with personality throughout it. And What's also interesting is the fact that the production is super minimalistic. So you really get to hear her vocals take front and center stage. And for example, you'll have songs like Waze that just have like a hi-hat and a few synth keys. Or you'll have something like the intro that has just Tierra's hums and a piano riff. So it's really like bare bones, minimalistic. And Tierra's vocals are really what shines through. And what was amazing to me about this project is that like once I finished running it, I'm like... I want to listen to it again. Like that was such an easy listen. Only took me 15 minutes. I want to revisit the, these ideas. I want to see what I didn't pick up on. And it's a cool album to just play on because it's fun to listen to, but it's also awesome to analyze because she is getting deep with her messaging. She is talking about um, sort of different diff different preju pre prejudices in the music industry and how she feels like she would have blown up if she was white. And like just a bunch of different topics that are really interesting and not often spoken about I would say in the genre. So um, this is something that is super bold, ambitious, and something that is really showing the imagination of an artist. So, so. this is a shorter project, but it's kind of a grower to a certain extent because you have to go back to completely understand the concept of the album. You could, or you could take it at face value for just being a fun listen, bro. Oh, that's because it is upbeat, it is jolly sounding. Like you can treat it how you want. Is it better for car music or like how you've been listening to it? Uh, I haven't bumped it in the car yet. Okay, so it's headphones been more of like headphones at home while you're doing work and shit. Yeah. Do you find shorter projects are better for car music or do you think they're better for like that study music? You know, like what do you usually look for? Probably, like, yeah. Probably car music. Shit where I'm on the go. Shit where like I'm traveling somewhere. You know, I have yeah. somewhere to get to. If it's that, if it's a drive to the studio, like I said, or if it's a fucking drive to a friend's house, whatever it is, like those are kind of the times. Even for plane rides, that's where I'll go into like a longer album. Um, at home, if I'm studying, doing work, whatever, a longer album too, something that I can kind of just live with and have playing in the background or whatever. Um, but yeah, this is a great project. And like I said, maybe not something I would bump on the daily, but just as something to experience, you're like, wow, I've never heard any project sound like this ever. Okay, interesting. I'm going to have to take that down. But listen, I have all kinds of EPs that I want to bring in today. So I'm going to bring in another one. I'm going to bring in the Intimidated EP by K. Trinata. And listen, I speak about K. Trinata all the time on the podcast. And this is something I thought about bringing in, like, just in case, you know, like I ran through my albums too quick. But I was like, fuck it. Okay, you know what? Let's bring this in. And this is only a three-song EP. is going to run you, I believe, only nine minutes, which is interesting. So this is really, really, really short. But you're getting so much out of this. So if you want to start with Intimidated, with her that's incredible because her has these incredible vocals that glisten throughout the entire track then you go on to something like be careful with thundercat and he's a bit more seductive with this falsetto sort of cadence to him and he comes through with these beautiful um bass lines that he always provides but now it's mixed in with that katronada production so you're getting this fusion of thundercat and katra that works super well then you're getting this incredibly
incredibly diverse and well-timed performance by Makami on something like Pay for Haiti, where they're talking about the struggles of Haiti and how instead of praying for it, well, you should support it. And that's how the song sort of starts off. And this dropped back in November of 2021. Yeah, November 19, 2021. And I had this on loop all of the summer last year yeah especially for 22 like this is a summer listen so since we're approaching it get into this it's fantastic you could argue that this is probably one of his best sort of performances from k Trinata, even in comparison to something like a 99.9 percent really you, some, you put it head to head to head against that i know you get more value out of a 99.9 okay, percent yes. or above it but i do feel like the level of production and like what you're getting out of it is top tier like you could take any of these songs and like it would be the top tier of a 99.9 yes i agree a but i feel like you can't compare like three tracks to like 15 you know what i mean no 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 but i feel like the, the value you're getting within that nine minutes is absolutely beautiful. And this is also something you could play on loop because all of the sounds and production sounds and performances are extremely diverse. So something like, let's say, a Simple by IDK, another project that I wanted to bring in today, it's meant these projects are meant to be played on loop low-key to where you could just get into the groove of the aesthetic and everything sounds different, but as time passes, it becomes more of background music. Cage so. was going on a run, bro. You got Simple with IDK, you got the Amine project coming up. Like He's tapping more and more into... Um, you know, into hip hop, bro, and kind of aligning himself with the right artist. Well, and I feel like that's kind of the thing right now, especially after Tyler came out and put out that, you know, that video with Hulu, I believe it is, where he was talking about being a rapper. Like, people are proud to be rappers, you know, and people yeah. are proud to be in the genre. Well, look at what Doja Cat just came out and said. She's like, I'm done with pop, bro. Like, fuck pop. I'm making a full rap album. And, and I love that just because, like, Especially after the Lil Yachty shit, I feel like a lot of people had a different view. Everyone was like, oh, hip-hop's dead, and hip-hop's this, and oh, who's listening to hip-hop anymore? Shut the fuck up, you know? It's still the biggest genre in the world, and, like, people are playing home here. You know, people are here for hip-hop music. Like, don't get yourself fooled. Just because Yachty made a psychedelic rock album doesn't mean everyone's gonna be ditching fucking hip-hop music. So, that's why I'm, I'm happy that people like Akei Trinata, people like Tyler, people like Amine, you know, uh, people like Doja Cat, like, keep the spirit of hip-hop alive but bring in these different sounds yeah. into hip-hop yeah. you know it doesn't have to be fucking 90s boom bap but hey you know you could bring in so many different styles of let's say neo soul and reggaeton and you know dance music edm and put them into let's say hip-hop inspired beats where you have full verses on top of them example go on to something like a forever featuring you know like featuring the duo of keitranada and amine it's incredible bro but it's hip-hop versus from yeah. amine which is absolutely sick to see. So that's why I'm very happy with the state of hip hop right now. For There's sure. so much diverse sound coming out. There is. It's going to be exciting to see, um, you know, what comes out of that album, which is dropping in May, bro. It's coming soon. And that's going to be a summer album if I've ever oh, heard of fuck. one. That's going to be a summer album if I've ever heard of one. You guys really have to pay attention for that project. It's going to be incredible. And you already yeah. know it's going to be concise. You know that that's going to be nine, a nine, ten songs. Yeah, bro, something around it. The, yeah, like a simple sort of vibe. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to be fun to go through. Um, but next up, the last project that I wanted to personally bring in for today is not a hip-hop record at all. It's actually an Al Green album, which is called Have a Good Time. Nine songs runs exactly 30 minutes. So okay, all right. It was at that, like, that, that threshold, is it 30 bro. seconds and 10 seconds? Or, uh, sorry, 30 minutes and 10 seconds? You can or? look it up, bro, if it bothers you that fucking much. Um, <laughs> but this was interesting just because um, I actually, like, I had listened to this a while back, but I revisited yeah. this um, on Easter weekend, and I was kind of revisiting a bunch of these projects for this episode just to be refreshed and then i'm like okay hey, you know what like 
fuck it, let me spin a vinyl. So I go to my brother's vinyl collection because I don't personally have a vinyl collection, as I've said in the past. Um, that's just gonna, I'm gonna turn into a fucking fiends, bro. Like, I'm just gonna start becoming an addict. Well, I and, mean, we already have, like, so we have a lot in the studio. I know, right? and, and I'll buy some here and there. Like, I bought the, the, the D2X one for us to have in the studio. Like, I'll, I'll do that occasionally, but um, if I start, you know, dipping into my own collection, I'm gonna become a fucking addict. So I go through my brother's collection, and I'm like, let me try to find something that's 30 minutes or less. And like, he was going through some vinyls with me and we ended up finding this Al Green album. And I was just happy because I've been listening to music all day on headphones. I'm like, let me hear something on wax. So we placed the vinyl down. I had a nice cold beer and I went through this project and I was blown away, bro, by the instrumentation. Oh, the weather was beautiful yesterday too. It was, yeah, Easter Sunday is always nice, especially Easter Sunday is all green time or a Miles is, Davis bro. time. Or Just a like Wonder some time. smooth yeah. ass soul. And that's exactly what you get. Some Southern soul that really, um, you know, you really feel it in your heart. And I feel like what's great about this project specifically is the way that this is expertly composed, bro. You have these amazing horn sections, these amazing um, string sections and everyone within the band that Al Green is playing with is just aligned and in sync together. I also love the buildup of the instrumentation, the way that for some tracks, you'll start off with like a saxophone riff and then you'll get drums slowly starting to build up and kind of getting more pronounced within the mix. Um, and it's just an amazing project all throughout. And it feels kind of like father and bride music. It feels lively. It feels heartwarming. It's shit that you want to dance to. And this is the kind of music that I feel like just transcends generations. It's something that anyone, you know, your grandparents, your parents, it's something that you can listen to with the whole family. And um, some standouts for me would be Keep Me Crying, which is an amazing song because it feels upbeat, but he's singing about a woman that has him crying and has him in his feels. Another amazing song on there for me would have to be the song Something, which has these twangy strings, some background horns, and just feels really nice to listen to. And what's interesting too is just the way that Al would actually exclaim himself as an artist. So you'll hear these sort of, I guess, ad-libs, if you will, like some hee-hees, <laughs> some shit like that where you're like, Okay, wait, was, was MJ inspired by some Al Green and some James Brown? Like, okay, oh, well, he was, it. though. No, no, no. Because I know. I, about when, I'm not sure I know specifically watching. James Brown. Yes. But I'm not sure. Like, I don't think he ever mentioned Al Green, but Al Green was doing the same sort of shit that, 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 that like, a James Brown was you doing. You know what? You would really like the Quincy Jones documentary. I have to check that out. Yeah, so. it would be incredible because you see the influences of Michael Jackson and the approach that Quincy took on early into his career with Michael and, and how that all ended up developing. But that's interesting because my grandfather is a huge Al Green fan and my mom is as well. Um, when I was younger and even now sometimes, like, I'll sleep over at my mom's crib and then you wake up and she'll just have, like, you know, Stingray music? Mm -hmm. Bro, it's actually hard low-key, bro. Like, I'd rather listen to Stingray music over the radio and, like, they have the, the 70s soul channel and classic after classic after cl even their hip-hop channels fire bro like they're playing Nas and biggie and the whole shebang so i mean yeah shout out to stingray music you know especially if you're montreal or quebec you definitely know stingray music but what was it called before again do you remember what it, be it was something else before stingray i can't remember but you know it was something else yeah, before Stingray. I feel like it was. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I love doing this episode just because, especially when you talk about shorter albums, it's it's like there's no filler in these. You know, you're never going to find filler in these types of projects. Actually, I'm going to ask you about that, though, okay? Because we're talking very highly about this format of these concise, condensed albums. Are there any cons? Like, have you ever went through a seven, eight song album and been like, uh, I wanted more? Yeah, wasn't I, think, enough, I, think that like, was, I think that was probably simple with IDK and, and K. Trinata. Really? Where it was such a good project that 
I was like, fuck, only 16 minutes? I'm like, mm. man, you could maybe, maybe go up to like a 25 or yeah. even like extend it a bit. But when it comes to, let's say, something like a 56 Nights with Future, I'll walk out of there with a smile on my face. Or even something like Fetty, you don't need anything off of that. Or something, let's say, like a Torba, well, it follows suit with the theme of a project, so it kind of ruins it. I you think know? it's the idea of like getting closer to that, you know, hit for miss ratio where like you're bound to get seven out of eight over like seven out of 14 you know what i mean you have more chances of missing obviously the more tracks you have and for certain artists like a future when you're giving him 19 songs to play with you don't know where you're gonna be left with how well, many I mean, bangers you're gonna have DS2, at the end he's done it with future he's done it with the wizard where he does have those longer tracks wizard has misses though it has its misses but it's still a really good project though yeah. it's been back and forth you have bangers cool. there but let me ask you something else okay so since we've been talking about the short albums let's talk about the long albums a bit all right and i think we're gonna do a full-fledged episode on this at a certain point but if you had to choose okay would you choose seven to ten songs or 18 to 20 songs <sighs> Because like you're 18 to but 20 he, is a bit risky. 18 to 20 is risky because you're not on like 14 to 16. Like that would be the easy choice. That's that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's what the, the option I want to fucking pick. Um, seven to ten. You'd go seven to ten seven over to 18 10. to 20. Wow. Illmatic's ten songs. Thriller, I think, is nine or ten songs. Okay, so let's say I had to narrow it down to a five to seven. Okay, let's really say short projects. Five to seven songs, or let's say 18 to 20. What are you picking? I'll still point? take that five to seven, just because even as like. As a music lover, I love to really get to know a project inside out. If I love mm -hmm. it, I want to really understand it and kind of live with it and have it really um, be defined for me over time. And I feel like that's easier to do when I only have seven tracks to go, you know, to go over. When I have those 18, 19 songs, I will so rarely give an album that long an entire listen. Bro. I'll be honest with you. That's it's tough. True. That is true. Unless it's, it's tough to have album. like... An hour and 20 minutes out of your day to really like digest that full album. It's almost like sitting down for a movie, Loki. It literally, so bro. So are, are you a believer in the saying, especially in music, less is more? Yeah, absolutely, bro. And the, uh, well, why do you I, think I, that I, is? Unless you're giving me like just a single or two. You know what I That's mean? That's true. That is true. And what do you think is the perfect length for an EP, let's say? So for let's an, say you were going to get an EP, so not a mixtape where it's like, you know, seven to ten songs. EP, like, do you want to only see two songs on there? Do you want, like, what's that perfect balance An for exact you? number of songs? If you had to. Four. I'll four? go with four songs. You're, you're a four guy? Four different tasters. I think I think three is good. The rule three of three. Three is good? Because three, you could explore three different dimensions. Maybe you'll have a miss with the four. You know, you don't know about that fourth Four D's better than three D, bro. It, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But listen, guys, thank you so much for coming into another audio episode. It was an absolute pleasure doing this with you guys. And listen, let us know. Um, how do you feel about short albums? Because there's so much to go through with short albums, either if it's the length or the conceptual prowess or the type of production styles that are being introduced. You know, is this leading into another project? Project. There is so much to go into when you have to talk about EPs, mixtapes, and shorter length albums. But guys, listen, thank you so much for the reception on the audio podcast. It's absolutely beautiful to see. As Lou mentioned at the beginning of this episode, if you guys are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you guys listen to audio podcasts, leave us a review, you know, and be honest with it. It doesn't have to be a five star, maybe a four star, but don't go with any <laughs> four star for me. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for watching this. Well, listening to this. I'm used to saying that for the YouTube outro, and we'll catch you on the next audio experience. Peace.